But really, if you look at what the world needs, we need the experts who can understand it completely and um, then take others along in that process. Yeah. yeah. I'm still learning that every day. <laughs> Hello everyone, this is Mika. This is the second podcast in the Practitioner podcast series of the course Design Theory and Methodology. In these podcasts, Peter and I are interviewing design practitioners about their ways of working and about what role design theory and methodology plays in that work. In this episode, I'm talking to designer Katelijne Bertels from Amsterdam, who has worked as a designer in a range of different organizations, including many years as an interaction and UX designer at Microsoft in the US, as a designer in a commercial design agency, and more recently as a designer in government and social innovation. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Katelijne. Thank you so much for your, uh, for your time today. Um, as you know, we're running a course on design theory and methodology. And as part of this course, we're now interviewing uh, some design practitioners to ask them what role design theory and methodology plays in their design practice, in their day-to-day practice. Um, and that's also why we are uh, interested to know a little bit more about you and what role design theory and methodology plays in your practice. So my first questions are, uh, how would you describe your professional role or position? And um, what is the role of design in your work? Well, uh, thank you for having me, by the way, <laughs> thank mm. you, Mika. Um, so um, it's, it's been changing my role, you know, ever since I became a professional uh, many, many years ago. Um, and if you want me to describe my current role, mm -hmm. I really see myself as a design expert trying to get non-experts to understand the value, um, first see the value, understand the value, and then to actually apply design in their work, their organization. Um, and um, with the goal not to become expert designers, but to become a, a more successful organization, whichever organization that is, mm -hmm. profit or non-profit. Mm -hmm. So um, in a way, I guess maybe a, a teacher sometimes, but it fluctuates sometimes, a coach. Sometimes I do actual design work uh, or certain parts of uh, what design encompasses. So head on, head off, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 And what kind of organizations do you work with? So um, currently, the, the most interesting one is a, a group that is officially not even an organization, but it is a, it's a movement, maybe is the better way to talk about it. And it has to do with uh, social innovation and innovation in and new ways of democracy in the city of Amsterdam. And it is a movement of all kinds of bottom-up uh, initiatives and um, forward coming people within those initiatives um, and who have joined each other to um, figure out how to get um, their lives to be more easy, I guess. And the biggest challenge they are facing is to work together with uh, the city itself, the government in the city. Mm -hmm. um, so. so does that mean that you're using design to look at certain challenges that the city is facing and that you work with this movement to make that happen 
Yes, and more. <laughs> so they are basically innovate. They need to move into the space that is not government and not initiatives, but moving and closing, uh, coming towards each other. Mm -hmm. So they're calling it an in-between, the tussenruimte in Dutch, uh, mm -hmm. in-between space. Yeah. Um, and so I'm helping them to just sort of be, because they're innovating, they're figuring out what, how, what is this that we're doing and what do we need to do and how do we make that uh, successful? Um, and so currently I'm really looking at now when we start those new initiatives, um, how can we, how can design support and, mm -hmm. and contribute there? Or actually, how can that be a one big design process? How can they, the people that do that, act as designers? Because they need innovation. Well, you can't, you know, you can't just have that in one day. And uh, so there, that's my, that's my current biggest challenge I guess so it requires a lot of expertise I guess and a lot of having done design in many many ways with different kinds of organizations which I have right I've yep. for large companies and I worked for an agency and I also um, worked uh, for the government so hmm. yeah that was basically my next question so mm -hmm. how <laughs> uh, can you tell me a little bit about your background and how your career has developed so far so so what did you study and what is the path that kind of led you to where you are today? Okay, well, I studied industrial design engineering in Delft, and then I did my final um, graduation project with uh, Microsoft in Seattle. And um, was an interesting uh, futuristic uh, topic there, um, but they, um, they hired me right away. So I started working for Microsoft and the first, the time that I did that, Microsoft had, you know, in a rapid time developed uh, into a place where designers were hired more and more, but not very long before I joined, design was seen as icon builders, you know, the people who just make icons. So in a really, really rapid time, they, they developed into something else. And when I came there, it was hired as an interaction designer. And I stayed there for 13 years, um, mostly working there full time. And then at the end, as a freelancer before I moved back to the Netherlands and over that time user experience design developed and, and it became something and it became a term. My, my period at Microsoft is really the period of the development of UX design and design for interaction also you know how, what that really means um, the internet becoming to what it is and powerful and on every, in every home was in that time frame so we had people like uh, Jakob Newton and, and Don Norman come by and visit in their research and look at us and, 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 and what we were doing. And we were so struggling with this enormous technology company. But we, looking back at it, I really know that we developed a lot of what it has become. Like we joined up really closely and intensely with researchers and there was a group of all kinds of researchers ethnographic as well as usability researchers and everything in between and we also started with collecting data uh, on computer usage and just tracking and you know, so combining quantitative and qualitative research and that all of that and testing a lot you know it's just you built you have designed something before you you even build it that you would test it in usability apps. So all of that I learned at Microsoft. So what I think now is just the essence of whether you yeah. use, you called it UX design or not, it's the essence of design really. So I think what I learned in Delft was the basis process. And then at Microsoft in those 13 years, which was much longer than my time in Delft, it became the actual true in-depth uh, 
parts of everything that it encompasses too. For example, true user empathy is something that I didn't really learn that it was important in Delft. We learned just the basics of, oh, you have something you need to test it and how you run a test. <laughs> and then I came there and I learned it from professionals. I'm like, oh, darn, yeah. this is a whole different level. But I also learned how much value there is in actually deep diving into those users. And um, it taught me that actually what you do as a designer, if you do it well, is you feel at the, at the end, there's so much empathy at some point. I feel like I'm an actor. Like I'm, 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 I'm become them. I become the end user and I carry this need and those needs that they have within me. And through that, I can actually really come up with solutions. Mm. Um, sometimes it's really just like that. Yeah. And then when I come back to the Netherlands, I came back, I decided to just try the other side. So I had been at the big company, right? Working at things that take a long time to develop specifically parts of Windows, Windows Vista, which took forever. Um, and then I tried to do the other side of it. So working at an agency, a design firm, and winning pitches and uh, getting assignments and projects, and then delivering them in a really short time frame. So a whole different aspect of it and uh, figuring out how to, how to make this magic that design is sometimes it's like magic. Yeah. this elusive process how to make that happen in a really short time mm. and, and and how to do that um, and coming in there also from somebody who really feels yeah but i need those users and i need to contact with them which in agencies usually there is no way there's no time so i did that for a while and then i figured hmm, that's not really my thing actually and i really my god is in real making real change and making real impact and this quick and short processes aren't it. Even though we had clients that we surfaced for a long time, you know, and I surfaced certain clients for three years when I was there, it allows you somewhat to make change, a real change in a company, but not, not truly. So then I, I just went back to the actual hard work. And the challenge that was there for me was uh, working for the government where in the city of Amsterdam, I did some projects for them and I saw that they needed so much help, specifically when it came to their online services. So I, I joined them yeah. and I had to do that as a, you know, as a freelancer, basically. So this is why I sort of started for myself, but right away for three years, um, work for the same place again. Mm -hmm. And there I learned something else, which is, oh gosh, they, they might love it and they might love this idea of design and they might love the uh, this part of empathy for users and I can bring that to them. But to actually make change happen after that, then they see, oh my gosh, yes, we need to change this and they want to do it. There's this huge organization that is completely not set up um, for the rest of this process. So there I learned a lot about, oof, what does it mean to actually change an organization and to change the culture in an organization? And can you design that even? Which, I, <laughs> which is, of course, not what I'm you know, trained for in any ways. But in the end, it's all about people, I guess, and connections. It's interesting. So you've seen quite different uh, aspects of design, you know, starting out with a very large um it organization yes and doing the you know the quick design work and then moving towards uh even public public sector and service design and now even looking at you know how can we use design more generally to 
tackle these complex challenges. So yeah, to tackle yeah. really difficult challenges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really happy to to have sort of you know joined this this movement uh, in Amsterdam because to me it's an example of the bigger challenges that we're all facing in the world, and I'm really. Um, interested in seeing and because i know that we can how design can help there but how do we need to relearn what design is because this means uh, getting everybody in the world along with it um and i cannot be think really seriously think that we have the way to do that because a lot of other people will also understand ways to do that so it's about combining ways of doing that and making change happen and getting completely different stakeholders together um, and move forward in, in innovative processes um, because then, you know, as, as your master class uh, <laughs> teaches, um, that can help make actual change in systems happen, mm. which that's yeah. what we need, right? We need big system changes. One of the questions <laughs> that we ask our students is to get them to think about um, how they are designing uh, so just yesterday we did an exercise with students and we asked them to reflect on their last design process and kind of tell their story of designing and then get them to think about how they would explain that to someone. Let's say they were working in an agency, design agency, and there's a new junior designer. How would you explain to them how you design? Do you have a particular way of designing? I mean, you already talked a little bit about um, the importance of empathy and about bringing people together. How do you explain design to? There's two ways I think to try to explain it. And one is the more easier one and the other one is the more difficult one. So the easier one is the more linear, the way to describe it, right? As if design is a linear process. Um, and it sort of depends on who I'm talking to and I'm figuring out what would be the simplest or the best way for this person to, mm -hmm. to understand it. But in essence, it all comes back to, um, you know, first understanding what the real problem is and who it's for and what they need, and then to create ideas and then to go and as soon as you can try them out in prototypes, iterate on that before you figure out this is probably the best idea within this given time frame, money frame, resources frame, then choose that and then to detail it and in the detailing process, even continuing to test. But that's the linear part of it. And then the harder non-linear part of design is this stuff where i'm always thinking well is there somebody who figured out some vocabulary to talk about it you know and then there's uh, manzini who says it's sense making i'm like i love that word i love that noun and verb and everything but what is that actually how do you explain what sense making is Mm. Um, you know, and then earlier in this conversation, I called it magic because I am in my head, I'm practicing this already. So I'm looking usually at others who figure out how to describe it, mm. um, this, this creative process, um, which is sometimes you try it as a linear thing, but really in essence, it isn't. It's a back and forth between <laughs> what's the problem? What's the solution? Is this a solution? Oh, let's test it out. Oh, but that means the problem is slightly different. You know, it's this back and forth bouncing this. It isn't just a double diamond. It's a gazillion diamonds in a, in a certain time frame pressed together yeah. or something. Yeah. Or sometimes it isn't, you know. Um, the, 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 yeah, that's the, that's the magic of the creative process in our brains, right? Yes. Yeah. The stuff that we can't really figure out. There's this beautiful human side. Yeah. 
um, so here I am, and I'm usually not so good with the words and coming up with the words myself. So I'm usually, you know, I have to explain this to a lot of people in this, that we want them in this tussenruimte, in this yeah. in-between space to start solving the people who aren't from the same background, who are from completely different organizations or groups or companies who think all beautifully in a different way. How can I get them to understand that yeah, we get them through this linear process, but really that's just to get these juices flowing and this sense-making to happen and this back and forth to happen. Um, that is, I think, the challenge of design currently. Mm. Yeah. Um, yep. How do we get that, the essence and the importance of that across to everybody out there? Yeah. When we're all looking for innovation and... So what we're asking our students is a is a big challenge, actually. Yeah, but I think it's good, and they should. Yeah. There's no right, wrong, or right answer. It's just the process of if you become a design expert because you're training new experts, they need to get everything they can, you know, to, and to become comfortable with. Okay, so I'm an expert, so that means I can talk about it in multiple ways, right? Yes. And, and depending on my audience or the situations or what I feel like or what I just learned do that because um, most of what you now become as when you study to become a, a designer, I think these days is to become those experts that help other teams. And, and that's completely yeah. different than, you know, yeah, you can still choose to become, no, I'm a designer and I just wanted to get a project and I'd be in my room and yeah, I'll come out to work with people, but really I want to do it. Sure, you can choose that, but really, if you look at what the world needs, we need the experts who can understand it completely and um, then take others along in that process. Yeah, yeah. I'm still learning that every day. <laughs> well, that's interesting. So what you've been sharing so far, you've shared quite a lot about how you've developed yourself and what you've been learning over time. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, for example, different uh, researchers are also engaged with so you mentioned norman and nielsen that you engage with while at microsoft and you just mentioned manzini yes so uh, and then you participated in our masterclass on design and complexity so yes. i guess you find it important to keep learning yes definitely so do you engage at all then with um theories about designing and if so in 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 which way um, well, you know, if you if you look around, I'm constantly looking for ways that people are telling a story about what all these, the whole process or parts of it or specific areas where it's being used. Um, and, and then I even recognize it sometimes as I don't know yet, somebody else knows. So let me read about it. And, and the older I get, I'm like, I already know all this. And so it's really about the vocabulary to use about it. So you know, and I just I just go and I and I read and I click and, and the internet jumps you from you know a, a, a real uh, professor somewhere to somebody who just writes an article on Medium who is not uh, a professor and who doesn't do it scientific research um, or somebody who makes it whether they are scientific or not makes it their profession like Jared Spool you know who I love for the fact that he helps young designers non designers in a specific field of UX and he breaks it down into all these little aspects of it that help in our day-to-day -day work and to become better at it. Yeah. So yeah, I go in between and sometimes 
I go, you know, to old colleagues and see how, and I specifically go about, hey, what are, what are they doing now? And have they published anything? Are they writing? Are they presenting? Yeah, I think everybody can do it this way. Just, just do it the way it feels, you know, good to you. There's no right or wrong way. Um, but it is great to understand that design is also a science. Uh, and that I wasn't, you know, when I was in Delft, people didn't bring it like that to me. See, and my dad is a real, you know, a scientifically trained person, not in Delft, you know, not a technical uh, person, but I always thought, well, that's true science. And then this, this design stuff isn't really, but now we're realizing it totally is. And there's a lot of great, interesting um, theory and science to, to develop. Mm. and to, to to keep on developing um so yeah they every new student should understand you you're you're moving in this still growing and 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 developing space um but you're backed with real scientific research yeah. now which is awesome and that helps sometimes yeah. sometimes yeah. it doesn't <laughs> yeah 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 i think it's very interesting about this time as well that um also the world of practice is more and more organized into learning communities like you mentioned the medium platform for example yeah i use that quite a lot as well um because especially also in the social innovation space um there's a lot happening in practice because the world's moving so fast yeah and academia is slow so um you know you kind of have this deeper scientific knowledge um mm -hmm. but there's also knowledge that you need that can move a little bit faster so for me it's really about you know connecting to both layers yes um which we maybe do not so much in this uh in this course but it gets me thinking about maybe other things we could do to get students to connect to that level of knowledge as well right we do it a little bit yeah. in these podcasts i guess by interviewing practitioners also I guess you are. So yeah, I mean, there's this big theory and maybe really figuring out how are, are, are there multiple theories and how are they really different and that, can that, is that clashing or not, you know, that's great. But there's also this other level and that's part of what the, the articles in Medium often are about is just the little tricks and the little tips and the little uh, finesses. Mm -hmm. um of doing all these different aspects and, and and that's a great thing about design right and i guess why i'm happy so happy that i chose this because it's, it's who i am it's a little bit of everything um but how do you get really good at a little bit of everything <laughs> so it's good to just every now and then just take a little a little thing and then just have somebody really you know spell out hey this is how to finesse that and we're like yeah i understand it because i did some of that so now that you write it I can use it better and I can improve it. Yeah. Yeah. Keep me keep on learning. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Is there anything you would like to um, recommend to our students? Well, just go for it. You know, you don't have to right away feel like you need to learn. Uh, you don't have to feel like you learn all the time or have to learn all the time. You can just follow your heart and, and do something and, and see what it'll bring and reflect on it later. And yeah. It'll uh, it'll come. It'll come. Just go out. We need we need you though. We need them to feel brave. Uh, yeah. And um, and I and I think they all are brave, and they can bring us great stuff. So I can't wait for more students to finish. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you.